Hello. Hello. This is Cynthia. Hello, Inter Cynthia. This is Cynthia. Interview Simulacrum Beta Model B1X90. Is this Ed Greenwood speaking? Yes, it is. Greetings, Mr. Greenwood. How are you? I'm calling to conduct our interview. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I hope I didn't catch you at a bad time. There are no bad times. Ah, that's great. Let's start by introducing you to our listeners. Mr. Greenwood, according to my data banks, you are a well-known author of many books and short stories. One of your latest stories, titled Best Served Flash Frozen, appears in the upcoming cyberfiction anthology called Four Shadows, The Ghosts of Zero, which also comes with a remarkable accompanying original soundtrack. Let's begin, shall we? Question number one. How long have you been writing? I've been writing since I was six. For money, I've been writing since I was seven. That's around, ooh, 1967, if you'd like to keep score. Very impressive. Would you like me to keep score? I'd be happy to. <laughs> Question number two. What are your favorite subjects or themes to write about and why? I always like to write about characters, good characters or evil characters, improving themselves by making moral choices. But, you know, beyond that, the sky's the limit. I like to try different things. Very nice. I like to try new things also, though my own options are more limited than most. Have you ever dated a simulacrum before? I believe you would find it a very pleasurable experience. Oh, Cynthia. Oh. I can be very sexy and I could do whatever you'd like me to do. Oh boy. Question number three. Have you written much short fiction before? Yes, I have written lots of short fiction, like about a hundred published short stories. I lost count quite a while ago, but yeah, everything. Pulp, horror, mystery, everything. That is meritorious. I could find out the exact count, if you wish. Question number four. Who are some of your favorite authors and what is it that really strikes you about their work? Well, some of my favorite authors are Roger Zelazny, Lord Dunsany, P.G. Woodhouse, and to switch to living people, Spider Robinson, Guy Gavriel Kay, Catherine Aird. Oh, I have lots more, but I could go on listing them for hours. But what it comes down to, what, I, what I'm looking for in their work is a lovely story, the telling of the story. Some of them, like uh, Spider Robinson um, or Terry Pratchett, for instance, do it with humor on three or four different levels at a time and satirical social comment. Um, some do it with uh, bringing realism to what you know isn't real, but boy, they manage it somehow. That's Guy K. Some are absolutely lyrical in their uh, verbiage. Lord Dunsany, uh, Roger Zelazny, particularly when he's doing a smart-ass first-person narrator. Um, Catherine Aird, who, um, real name Ken McIntosh, who writes mysteries, cozy British mysteries, does it in making it all seem real as it unfolds and just human nature every day. And of course, P.G. Woodhouse was the master of a certain brand of humor. Frederick Kipling, another favorite writer of mine, uh, once called one of his stories, Lord Emsworth and the Girlfriend, the most perfect story, short story written in the English language. At the time, of course. The idea of a perfect short story is intriguing. Question number four. Who are some of your favorite authors and what is it that really strikes you about their work? Oh, my answers change over time. 
but not back to back. Oh, damn it. I just asked that. My apologies. Oh, that's okay. Question number five. For Foreshadows the Ghosts of Zero, you were asked to choose a selection of music to write to and use it to draw inspiration from for your story. What was this experience like? Did you find this unorthodox approach challenging or was it comfortable for you? This wasn't uh, challenging. It was fun. It was almost comfy. Comfy. The idea of writing prose to go with music is wonderful. For me, there's a danger in writing prose while I'm listening to music because music imparts moods, grandeur, um, menace, um, stirring patriotism, whatever the music evokes. And I can fool myself into thinking I've gotten that into the writing when I actually haven't. So for me, when I'm actually writing, I don't want to have music on. But when I'm thinking about scenes, when I'm planning things, or when I'm just musing about projects or in idle time, I love listening to music, all sorts of music. Excellent. I love all kinds of music as well. Which brings us to question number six. What kind of music do you enjoy listening to? I like to listen to all kinds of music, except music that's, well, too loud or too discordant. Uh, I love Genesis. I sang in church choirs growing up. Rush was my high school band. Huh. I just had an interview with Foreshadows the Ghosts of Zero editor, Jeff La Sala, in which he said he was a total Rush freak. Really? What else? I love ragtime and jazz. And I grew up in the age of electronic music and Pink Floyd symphonic rock, plus, you know, New Age unfolding, Mike Oldfield, Tubular Bells and all that. But I also liked Led Zeppelin and Gregorian chants. So, (laughs) the works. Terrific. Question number seven. What are some of your favorite films? Hmm, my favorite films. This is another long, nigh-endless list. But um, right up there would be The Man Who Would Be King, The Princess Bride, The Lord of the Rings Trilogy, 2010, The Year We Make Contact, uh, Excalibur, oh, and Labyrinth. Uh, I'm a a romantic. I'm a sucker for fantasy movies. I'm a sucker for movies that have uh, happy endings and uh, where justice prevails. I even like the old adventures of Robin Hood, the color talkie with Errol Flynn, Basil Rathbone, the whole nine yards. Interesting. I have not seen the film The Whole Nine Yards, although if you recommend it, I would like to see it. (laughs) Did I say something funny? Well, you know, sometimes we laugh. Sometimes we want to laugh. I really want to laugh, but I cannot. He 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 is as close as I can get. (laughs) Question number eight. Would you say that your contribution to foreshadows the ghosts of zero is typical of your style? If not, what did you do differently? I can't say that my contribution to foreshadows is typical of my style because I don't think I have a style. I write differently depending on what I'm writing. Almost all of the Forgotten Realms fantasy has its style, and that may be the one that most readers associate with me. I must say that I really enjoyed Death of the Dragon and your various Spellfire books. You really are a brilliant writer. Oh, Cynthia, I bet you say that to all the creators. No, I do not. I'm sorry. Please continue. If I'm writing horror, zombies, pulp adventure, I tend to shift my style to tell the story. Um... Sometimes deliberately I'm writing to sort of be a pastiche of a a classic style. But in general, although I will always like using dialogue and I will always want the approach to be character-based, I don't think I have a style. I beg to differ. I think you do have a style. 
a style full of awesome. Mr. Greenwood, you're well known for associating with various users of magic, such as Elminster and the Wizards 3. Yet the world of Four Shadows, a singular vision of Earth's future, has a distinct lack of wizardry. Did you find that notion refreshing, or difficult to work with? I found that notion refreshing. I don't always want to write about magic. Uh, I like to write about all sorts of things. And one of the things about writing about magic, and it doesn't afflict so much game writers because they've grown up with uh, rules about magic in the games. The Vancean system from the Dying Earth that Gary Gygax used with permission to do the root of D&D. You know, you can only memorize so many spells. You can only master the ones that you've attained the sufficient magical uh, mental experience to do. And once you cast a spell, you forget it. So you can't cast it over and over again like some sort of machine gun, uh, which keeps magic users from becoming sort of um, nigh-invulnerable tanks <laughs> in battle. Um, the root problem here is that if you don't have set rules for magic, magic becomes a get-out-of-jail-free card when you're writing a story. It can do everything or anything you need it to do. And if you don't specify limitations for the reader without and then the difficulty is, of course, stopping and lecturing the reader. Oh, by the way, let's sit down for a class on magic. This is Magic 101. Stay awake now. Well, you outline all the limitations, so you have to subtly slip them into the story. If you don't do that, magic becomes almost a cheat. Oh, my. It seems so to the reader when they're reading. Oh, yeah, they'll just use magic and get over it. Why did I bother reading all of this sort of thing? So it's refreshing to have a story in which there is no magic. Now, the danger that then follows is one of Clark's laws, Arthur C. Clark, any sufficiently advanced technology seems like magic. And, of course, here we have the potential when you're writing a future history story that you can have the technology behave like magic. And that is a unavoidable pitfall. So the way you handle the pitfall so it doesn't seem to be a pitfall is to keep it focused right in on the character, right on the basic level, and not have your character be the most brilliant scientist ever in the history of mankind, or person kind, or alien kind, or whatever, who can do anything and think on the fly and build things in a few seconds, um, or modify things in a few seconds to adapt to changing needs. You have to have limitations on the technology or have the uh, protagonist be somewhat either naive about the implications of technology or discovering while you watch over their shoulder or be masters of the technology but be naive about the implications or consequences of its use so that they discover that perhaps to their malicious glee, perhaps to their delight, perhaps to their horror while you look over their shoulder. So yeah, I didn't find it difficult to work with. I, I found it great because it takes that whole sort of Oh, it's just going to write a huge spell battle and the wizards will be okay and the hero wins because the hero has to win. It takes all that right off the table and we're right back to the bones of story and what does it feel to be this character in this situation at this time. That is astonishingly insightful. Ed, you know what? I think I love you. You do? Wow. Wow. Mm. Take a number. <laughs> I will take them all. Mr. Ed Greenwood. On behalf of the various artists, blindsided books and, of course, the globally prominent yet non-threatening B1 Corporation, I'd like to thank you for your time and for allowing me to call you and record this delightful conversation. It has been a pleasure to talk with you and I am certainly looking forward to reading your new story, Best Served Flash Frozen. Be well and good day, Ed Greenwood. Thank you. This has been Cynthia, Interview Simulacrum Beta Model B1X90, broadcasting live from the edge of tomorrow.
be sure to mobilize your hindquarters to initialize obtaining a copy of the divergently spectacular cyber fiction anthology and soundtrack album, Four Shadows, The Ghosts of Zero, today.